All right, and welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Ron Medeca. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. We have so much to go over today, Mike. We are going to go over uh, what we think of the Lions so far, right before they play the Eagles, and possible scenarios depending on the outcome of that game. Yes. We're also going to talk the University of Michigan debacle and that epic beatdown they had by Wisconsin a couple days ago. We're also going to talk Michigan State and their debacle of a season, especially their offense. Later, we're going to talk NXT's debut on the USA Network and what you thought of it. I know you're hypercritical of the NXT product at the moment. And then we're also going to talk the Clash of Champions pay-per-view that they had last week and how awful and a waste of time it was for everybody involved. So we're really looking forward to it. Lots of great stuff to talk about this week, guys. Let's just jump right into it. Um, Lions 1-0-1 oh, as, as of this recording, right? They, yeah. they play Philadelphia today, um, later today. Um Overall thoughts on the Lions, what you're seeing, what you know, just overall, what are you seeing from this team? Do you are are you more content this year than they were last year? Record aside for yeah. a second, are you happier with the product you're seeing on the field compared yeah. to last year? Well, here's how I argue with everyone that yeah. I hate at my work right now. Um, shout that, out. That's a shout out to everyone I hate at work right now about this situation. Um, I, I compare it to last year. Yeah. On a scale 1 to 10, they started the year at like a negative 8. Yeah, that's true. They couldn't have started any worse. Yeah, really. and they got to, I think, about like a 3 or 4 at the end. They still weren't very good, mm-hmm. but they were like, you know, Competent. a team. Yeah, yeah, they were a team. Yeah. Um, this year, I think they started off at like a 2. Yeah. Like I, th- I think they put they actually dominated for three and a half quarters. Yeah, and, and then, then it, and then it kind of let slip away. And then the second game against the Chargers, as you see, um, the defense is the whole, like the system that puts the whole thing together. Yeah. So about a two start. Yeah. But if you're gonna, you can only get better from this point. That's right. a way better start than last year. Yeah. So I don't mind where they're at. No. Honestly, going in, I thought they were gonna be one and three after the first four games. Right. So. Not having a loss yet, yeah. even if it's an inevitable one, two, and one. I don't know if it will be. Yeah. But a one, two, and one doesn't even is even that bad. I guess. Right. I yeah. take that over. Well, this one is the three. toughest part of their schedule, obviously, where they play Philadelphia at Philly, then they have the Kansas City at home, and then they have their bye, then they go to Lambeau for Monday night. So that's a tough stretch of schedule, no doubt about it. Um, what I mean, what are you seeing? What's what's the biggest positive that you're seeing out of this team so far? Because I have a couple, but I want to hear what you have to say first. Like, what's one thing that you go? I like what they're doing in this area, whether it's something that they're doing with Stafford, whether it's the defense, whether it's you know the run game, even though it hasn't really came across yet. Are you seeing some positives out of that? Give me give me one thing that you notice that you're noticing from year one to year two of this Patricia era to tell you to say, yep, I, I can see where this is going, or I, I, I you kind of see the picture. Yeah. Um, I really like the linebacking core that they have. Yeah. I think uh, I thought that was going to be the weakest part of their team. Turns out to be like the strength of their team. Right. Uh, lucky whoop-de-doo for us. <laughs> um, actually, I think the defensive line, I think I looked at it differently. Yeah. I thought that they were just going to be pass rush and be like Cleo Mack and just like get yeah. in there. No. I think what their actual goal was was for them to have to double team everybody mm-hmm. so you have free release from the linebackers. That's, a, that's, that's a never great, something that's a great I really observation. consider. Right. But like a Trey Flowers, I don't expect him to go right past the tackle and go get a sack. Right. But what he is going to do is he's going to sit there and have the tackle and the guard have mm-hmm. to double team him. And mm-hmm. Snacks is there. He's going to need to double team. Right. And they have Aquara who can maybe yeah. get single. And Mike Daniels. Team. And Mike Daniels. 
Mike and you, now you got Mike Daniels in or there. Canard, so all these guys right. are getting doubled. You bring five guys and you need to double. There's not enough people right. for a unless you keep that in. tight end in, which has been a problem historically with lines exactly. covering the tight end. Yeah. So yeah. I think um, from that aspect of yeah. like the D line, <clears throat> what they're doing now, yeah. to what I thought they were going to do before this season, mm-hmm. and actually the linebackers playing to their full potential without Jerry Davis. Without Jerry Davis, yeah, he's hopefully playing today. But yeah, he's listed as uh, probable. I think yeah. today, so right. he should be playing today. Yeah. Um, against the Eagles, but um, I think that would even add extra help right, to that. For sure. Absolutely. Add an extra rotational well, guy there. Right. What's 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 the biggest negative? What's one thing that you were hoping to see maybe an improvement of, or maybe that's something that you had worries about that hasn't been oh. realized, or maybe something you thought was going to come in as a strength, and you're like, man, this is not... What? Yeah, I thought I thought the running game would be a lot better because as you hear, it's like, yeah. oh, we're run first, we're run and first I'm football. like, I guess we're more pass first all of a sudden, right? Because we only run it on like second mm-hmm. down ever. Yeah, we don't right. run it on first down rarely, and right. third down we're like, yeah, we can't run, so right. we'll pass. So um, yeah, the run game, I was like, wow, I thought that was gonna be really good. I thought yeah. three, four yards a carry was gonna be a thing. Mm-hmm. It's not, but I think cutting C.J. Anderson. Mm-hmm. Might fix that problem because yeah. now you're going to get more. See now, the Johnson yeah. brother. Well, that's that a hot take a little bit because I've spoken to several people um, about this where they they were confused why they cut C.J. Anderson yeah. because they're like he didn't really do anything. But I but if you look at the statistics behind it, what was C.J. Anderson brought in to do? He was brought in to get what second and one, third and one. Yeah. He was supposed to be that. On those situations, he's converted once for a total net yardage of negative six yards on the season throughout two games. Yeah. So. Even though yes, has he been has he had spurts or oh he had a nice run here here he had a nice run here yes but the purpose of why you're here the role and if we're if we're going with this patriot way everybody has a very unique skill set and everybody has one job you're supposed to be really good at one thing right Trey Flowers is not a sack artist but he is a good overall consistent pressure player right he fits within the scheme Devin Kennard is a bull rushing jack linebacker right everybody's got a specific need a specific job. C.J. Anderson's job was to be third and one. We should be able to pound the rock behind Frank Ragnow and get a first down. That has not happened. Yeah. So your your point of, uh, of him not being on this team anymore, I think, is right on the money where I think now, okay, you got Ty Johnson in the game. Okay, you got Carrion. Okay, yeah. you've even got McKissick. Those are three guys that... In some aspects, have very similar skill sets where they're fast, they're they're athletic, right? You can run, you can throw. You don't know what's going to happen. C.J. Anderson, you ain't throwing the football to C.J. Anderson yeah, exactly. almost ever. You know yeah. what I mean? And if you bring him in on third and one, let's load the box. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because even if you do play action, you're you're going to face heavy pressure, right? Which is going to force to a bad throw, which can cause a turnover yeah. at the end of the day. Um, I think that's a great. I think that's a great observation. I think one thing for me, the positive I would say is Stafford's play. I know he had the two interceptions last week, but overall, I think the deep ball is back a little bit for him. I think that he's been extremely accurate. I think the, I think the willingness for Bevel to like that third and six call at the end of the game of the Chargers game yeah. is exactly the kind of thing that I like to see. Right? Mm-hmm. It's don't run it and punt it and hope to God we can get another stop. No, just end it. Let's just yeah. try and end it now. It's a risk, yes, and if it blows up today, I'm sure people will be pissed off that they didn't run the ball, mm-hmm. but I'm more content with them trying to go for the throat and end the game than yeah. play it safe like they did in week one and you know and let the game kind of just fade away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, the negative for me, I would say, it would be the consistency of the run defense. I think that's something that needs to improve yeah. drastically. I think even though Austin Echo, I think, only had like 60 yards on the day, the total, I think they're averaging like 120-some yards 
a game right now allowing. So that's that's got to be cleaned up, especially with your secondary. As thin as it is, that's something that really needs to be cleaned up pretty much immediately. Because mm-hmm. And I think that's going to take time. I think it's going to take time to gel. Flowers didn't play at all during the preseason. Snacks played very limited. Mike Daniels barely played. You had a lot of things that I think are still you're trying to fit those pieces together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that kind of comes together. And I think the pressure of Jared Davis, yeah. who will hopefully be blitzing more with Tavai Manning, the real true middle linebacker position, I think is really, really, really going to help them out uh, long term. What's um is your outlook after let's say let's say they win this week? What's your outlook on this team? Let's say they get to two zero and one going into okay. the Chiefs game. If they win this week, what are is your outlook any different as if they lose? Um, yeah. So uh, they no. lose. They're one one and one. They win. They're two zero and one. I think they're about the same because yeah. I do. I don't think. I do think this is a big game for them because it's yeah. a very winnable game right. with the injuries. I would say if they were at, if the Eagles were at full health, yeah. I would expect them to lose. I would not have much faith. Mm-hmm. Eagles are super deep and everything. Yeah. But with how hurt they are, I would expect them to win. And winning this one is one of those where, as I said before. The beginning of the season, you're like, oh, they're going to be one and three. How are they going to get to nine, ten wins? Right now, you can go two, one and one after four games. Right now, you're like, wait, now you can win right. those Redskins giant, and now you can maybe hit right. nine, ten wins a lot right. easier than we thought before. No doubt. So, um, I think this is a big one for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's bigger than anything that you're going to come up against the next couple weeks mm-hmm. because this is one of those make or break. You win and you have that great positioning. You lose to a team that's super hurt and everything. Yeah. You're like, well, oh, that kind right. of that's rough. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, does it does it make you so if they win, are you are you steadfast in saying they can get to ten wins and get a playoff berth, or are you not willing to make that make that call just yet? Uh, I think we got to wait until like after the Green Bay game almost to like. Yeah, say I'm kind of. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> well, yeah, because if you start zero one against Green Bay, that's not a good. Start. Yeah, that's not. Great, um. No. Yeah, because I'm expecting the loss to the Chiefs. Yeah. I'm not really hoping for anything there. And Packers, I, I have no idea how they're gonna come out and play against them. Right. Especially so, after the bye, it's so weird. I know. So I'm like, if you can hit two zero and one after this week, yeah, you can afford those two losses mm-hmm. and be like You're 500 going into kind of 500 yeah, right. going into the, in a lighter stretch of your exactly. So right. then you can start piling up those wins that you should be getting in the middle of your schedule, right? And then near the end, maybe you can make that late run to get, get there. Yeah, right. I, I think the I think this game is is important. Just like I thought the Arizona game is important, right? Nobody would have ever called me. Them for sure, but oh, um, with, with this game, especially as banged up as they are, I do think that this is. I, I'm really I like the way this team is going. I know there's this hasn't been beautiful football. It was an ugly win last week, right? But you beat a. I get the Chargers are banged up, but they still beat a good Charger team. Let's yeah. not let's not like f- pretend that that's not a thing. This Philadelphia team is still good. They still have players there. There's that defense is still you know they've got you know their secondary is healthy. They're I mean they still have Fletcher Cox. They've got pieces there. Yeah. You know what I mean their offense is banged up for sure. Yeah. Sean Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey. That's a rough go. Yeah, you're no, you're going like, in with your I'm three, saying, four, five receivers. Yeah. That that's not the best thing, and I'm hoping that the defense has a day because of it, right? Wentz is still a factor, obviously, so it's a bit it's a big game for them. I'm hoping I, to me they beat Philadelphia, then you go okay. The Chargers in Philadelphia, you look at that on paper, you go those are probably two losses more than likely, right? Yeah. With the Arizona being a win, so now you tell me if you would have told me at the beginning of the year they're going to be two on one going into Kansas City, I'd be like sweet. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it doesn't matter at that point what happens. So really hoping that, that that they are able to clean up some stuff and get the win today. Hopefully we'll come on the show next week and be like, oh my God, we're 2-0-1. We're still undefeated. <laughs> um, let's let's shift now to the University of Michigan, unfortunately. Um, 
They get blown out in Wisconsin, 35 to 14. At one point, it was 35 to nothing. Uh, Shea Patterson gets pulled, and then gets, and then McCaffrey goes in for a minute, and then McCaffrey gets hurt, and McCaffrey then almost died. Yeah, he almost died, oh, and nice. then uh, Patterson comes back in. Then it was too late. Joe Milton comes in and does nothing. Um, thoughts on this Michigan football team, particularly this game? What happened? Um, it's so frustrating. <laughs> Um, I mean, we called it. Let's be clear. We yeah, kind of, I know. I, was, I didn't really happen. expect them to go out to win. Yeah. I expected it to be a little more competitive. It um, was. I mean, I mean, at one point, I think they had 96 yards offense in the first half. Like that did. was their total in yeah, the first their half. Total yardage in the first half. So I mean, like 237. That's terrible. To the other team. Um, All running, by the way. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Wisconsin had like 250 some yards rushing. Yeah, I mean, can day. we? I mean, I'll give credit where credit's due. I think Wisconsin is a good team, the second best team. If not, you could compete for the best team in the Big Ten right now. Yeah. Pretty right. easily. When they play Ohio that, State, that's going to be a game to watch. Yeah. Absolutely. They're going to play them, and they're going to play them twice this year because they're going to win their side, and Ohio oh, yeah. State's going to win our side. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be a thing, no doubt. So that would be an awesome Big Ten title game to watch. Also. But I think Michigan lacks in. I don't think they have enough names on the defense yet. Um, they kind of just overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, Don Brown had no defensive strategy at all. He went, okay, so we're gonna put like six guys in the box yeah. against the best running back in the nation right now, and right. hopefully right. that works. Yeah, they throw and, the ball like six times a game. Yeah, maybe let's, let's they run. Like, they almost like an army team, mm-hmm. but. Just have well, not that. You're coming off a bye. Yeah. You're coming off the bye. You had two weeks to prepare, and that's what you come out with. Yeah. That's I mean, offensively, defensively, it doesn't matter. Like, holy mother of lord! I like, know. come on. Yeah. Man. Wisconsin was like, oh yeah, we're gonna come off a bye too. And yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. Off, Wisconsin's literally that. gonna go. We're really gonna run the ball down your throat, and you're not gonna be able to stop it. And Michigan went. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's and then our offense, that's supposed to be high powered, you know, with the, yeah. you know, with this great offense, it's just it's flat. It's unimaginative, and it's ineffective. Yeah. Our Straight offensive up. line is terrible. Had the worst game in. I don't, I couldn't even tell you how long. Yeah, it's like been, it's that bad. was like I would love to come on, and I know you would too. To yeah. Be like, oh, shaded so bad, yeah. but literally, like comparing it to like a video game standpoint, I feel that because like right. there were times when like receivers just don't get open, right. and you have point five seconds to do anything, right. yeah. and then I just get angry. I'm like, there's nothing yeah. you can do. That's yeah. what Shay's feeling. Yeah, he For gets sure. the snap, and there's three guys at him already, yeah. and there's literally no separation anywhere. Yeah, I like I, was I don't. Like, yeah, I, I would, can't yeah. say anything about his him. offensive line is not helping him at all. I don't think Shay Patterson is playing well by any stretch of the imagination. But I agree with you by saying that he is not being helped. What's it's not like he's sitting back there. For twelve seconds and still making throwing those yeah. bad passes, it's he's getting pressured early and they and teams know it and teams yeah. know they're getting they can get pressure. So there's got to be something. There's got to be something else that they can do to draw something up. I mean, I'm sorry, but all these four or five star recruits that every time they come in here they, they look they look terrible. I don't yeah. know what needs to change. Is this is this the start? I know a lot of people are calling for Harbaugh's head today, and I don't want to go that crazy. But is this the start of the end of Harbaugh's era? Like, if they don't bounce back, right? Say we go eight and four, right? We lose yeah. to Notre Dame by a lot. We get destroyed by Ohio State. We dropped another game. Hopefully not to the Spartans. We'll talk about them in a second. Um, oh, but oh my God. Um, <laughs> if they go say eight and four, nine and three, right? Go yeah. to a, you know whatever bowl game and they're just meh, right? Yeah. Is this the start where people start to turn on Harbaugh? This yeah. is year five. I mean, I think people are already turning on him. Yeah, for I sure. I don't know. It's hard for me to say because he's kind of in a tough spot where he went. Okay, we're gonna bring in this new system because we want to change offenses. So he totally left the offense and he yeah. went. You do this, right? 
And now he trusts Don Brown to get a defense together too. I think he has too much faith almost mm-hmm. in his coordinators. Yeah. I think that's really where he's going. Like he doesn't just go, okay, let me take this over. <clears throat> yeah. Like he's like, okay, so you you know this new offense because it worked in other places. So just fix your offense and do it this way. Yeah. And Don Brown, I trust you because of your defense last year and the year before or whatever. Yeah. So run the defense. Right. And both of those are like failing. And yeah. he's like, I don't know. My, my problem. Yeah. Both, I, yeah I, mean? I think that's a great take because I'm kind of frustrated with Don Brown. I'm sorry, yeah. but this whole Dr. Blitz thing, that's great. But in the biggest games, right, you played Ohio State, couldn't get it done. You got absolutely yeah. demolished, right? Again, and and that, and two years ago when you were supposed to be good, you couldn't do anything against teams like um, you know, Ohio State. Even Michigan State was able to move the ball on you. So there's a lot of there's a lot of different there's a lot of different games, big games. The Notre Dame game last year is another one where they just went right down the field and scored. Yeah. I mean, you had big-name talent on your defense, and you couldn't stop people when it mattered the most. Yeah. Like, I get shutting out teams like BYU 31 nothing. That's great. Whoop-de-doo. But in the long-term scheme of things, if you're not able to shut teams down like Wisconsin, like Penn State, like Ohio State, like Michigan State, hell, even you know teams like Northwestern, for goodness sakes, I mean, you got to be able to shut these teams down in yeah. your conference, and they have not done that consistently. They no. really, really have not. Yeah. That's it, why when people just try to give the full blame to Harbaugh, yeah. I'm like, I get it because he's the head coach. He's the head so coach, right. But like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, but you can't just go, that's I, all his fault, because it's not right. all Patricia's fault. It's not all right. this guy's fault. Like, it's like he trusts his yeah. coordinators right. to do that. Why thing. are you here if you can't do what yeah. I'm asking Like when the offensive do. coordinator for the Lions call a timeout, right. it's like, I'm going to trust my OC right. because he's been here a while, he knows what he's doing, right. and Maybe it was the wrong call or not, but like right. he's you have trying to, to live with that. You have to trust your guys, mm-hmm. and right now he's trusting guys who aren't getting it done. For right, them. I think I think Harbaugh would be best suited here. And what's what's their ceiling? Let me ask you that first. Well, what's what's their ceiling? Is it, um, is it nine wins this year? I would say about nine, ten, yeah. maybe ten if you can push it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I've well, there's a thing where in the college football trend, yeah. this offense that they're trying to run takes an average of five to seven games to like really sink in. Yeah. It's a very complex and hard offense to run yeah um especially because you like a fifth year senior is changing his entire scheme right so it's like kind of probably pretty hard on him yeah, the reason why you shouldn't be playing Patterson, but yeah. never mind. but um well he has no other option now yeah <laughs> Jeffrey's Jeez. dead yeah. so yeah that's true. um but anyway so do we have another bye <laughs> we actually do have another I, know, I know later on I know. um but yeah it takes like five to seven weeks to actually get it like right. together, mm-hmm. and it doesn't help that in the third, second, and third week you play Army and then Wisconsin, who are very good teams. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really get a, a couple games in. Well, you didn't get Alabama where you get five games to really go. Okay, let's test some stuff out before we hit yeah. the LSU's and the Georgias and stuff. Right. Like Michigan's like week three, Wisconsin best team in the Big Ten. Go at them. Yeah. And you're right. like, oh, okay, cool. But I so, will say this though that it is it uh, this team though as much hype as it got and everything else it it I don't. The schedule is what it is. They need to come out better, straight up. Like I mean, that's not. It's not. It's this team looked unprepared. It looked. It it didn't look like it was ready to go. You know what I mean? I think Wisconsin just went. We're gonna have our way with you and just leave you there and be like, well, that was fun, you know. And then you know, leave you alone. So I think it was. I, I think. I think people are recognizing that there's clearly there's some fractures in this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just look at this now with, you know, rose-colored glasses and be like, everything's great, you know, everything's great, yeah. you know, we had 10 wins, whatever. You know, I think people are really starting to feel that pressure a little bit, just like I think Michigan State is a little bit where you're like, okay, we're supposed to have this great defense, but we can't do anything offensively and we're losing games at late. So there's changes that need to be made, and I wouldn't be shocked to see after the season major overhauls to the coaching staff. Yeah. I don't think Harbaugh gets fired, clearly. Um, 
but they need to turn it around yeah. and quickly. That's why it's it's hard in college because you go, oh, 10 wins. It's like if a coach in the NFL goes, 11 wins. Yeah, right. You're like, I'm not going to fire you, but right. like, right. that wasn't a good right. however yeah. many wins. It's different, like, yeah. Yeah, it's a different thing. It's like, oh, you got 10 wins. Yeah. Okay, we'll keep you on. And it's like, but was right. was that meaningful 10 wins or was yeah. it not? And, and like, that's the thing you know too. I mean? Do you, Do you think that if, so let's just say, let's just play, you know, like super optimist here for a second. Say they go on a tear here, right? Okay. And they just go out and they beat Notre Dame, they beat Michigan State, they go undefeated up into Ohio State, right? And they get, let's just say they get demolished by Ohio State again. Is that considered a success again for a season? But uh, considering where they're at now? Yeah, it's, I would say so. If they if they show out and they're like really playing well yeah. in the next ten or because Notre Dame still I know they lost to Georgia yesterday, but they're still a very good yeah, football that, team. That's that's one. Yeah, um, you know, I would say going through, I'd be like, yeah, I think it's a success from where they're at, at the second going yeah. while they like there's nowhere they can go yeah. to starting to dominate some teams and stuff. I would right. say that's a success. That's like at least a step forward. I hope to see at least halfway through. I think we have like two lesser Big Ten games before yeah. you hit the next. Penn State or whoever you're right. going to play. I hope to see the offense start meshing so when you hit that game, I think the next one is like Iowa or Penn State. Mm-hmm. I think that's the game I want to see the offense really show. Because if the offense doesn't show in the next three or four weeks, then it's never going to show. It's never great. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Absolutely. All right. After the break, we're going to talk Michigan State football because that ought to be fun and that's... boring for everybody involved because that's what it feels like watching a Michigan State game. It's boring as can be. Um, and then we're going to talk NXT's debut on the USA Network. <laughs> and we're going to end the show on some Clash of Champions talk to end it and how we liked everything about it. It's like all that good stuff after the break. Stick around. Hey guys, the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Medeca, just reminding you once again that we have a brand new website. Is it still brand new? Well, I'm going to say it's brand new. I'm always right, PC.com. Be sure to hit up that Contact Us page. Please fill out that form. Send us some show suggestions if you want to be a sponsor for the show. If you have a product or business or service that you want to advertise on our show, let us know. We will be in contact with you. We'll get you on the show. Do you want to be a special guest possibly on the show and call in and talk with me in the Merc Zone? Feel free. Fill out that contact page. Get us your information. We'd love to have you guys on the show. Give us your feedback and become a part of the I'm Always Right sports podcast family. Now here's part two of this week's episode. And we're back with part two of episode 43 of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. 43, Mike. Yep. That's how many points Tom Brady's going to get this week on my fantasy <laughs> There you go, right? Yeah, I know. Hope. Hopefully, right? I mean, who do they play? Uh, they play the Jets. The Jets, so yeah, that's, yeah. That's a rough go. All right, let's jump in right now to another debacle, Michigan State football. Um, they lose Arizona State two weeks ago on some controversial calls, quote-unquote, possibly. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt because I don't believe you, but it's fine. Um, they said it 3-1. They won this week. Uh, thoughts on the Spartans so far in this awesome, <laughs> I'm not, sweet offense? I'm not laughing at the Spartans. Um, <laughs> they're not bad. Their offense is terrible. Let's be clear. Their yeah. offense is absolutely terrible. It's like, it's, yes. oh my lord, terrible. That's, that's all I can say. Yeah. I, their defense is yes, and their offense is huh, well, no. Well, you know what? Here's my question. Well, here's my question about that, though. This defense, right, was touted as like, wow, this defense is legit, right? Arizona State, at the end of that game, drove down twice yeah. to win that football game. No, I get it. If your offense is going three and out every drive and you can only put up 10 points against Arizona State, I understand. You're probably a little tired, but. That's where the focal point of your defense is supposed to be. And I've seen Western. I know Western didn't put up a ton of points, but Western, even two or three weeks ago, was able to move the football. Is it, it, you know what I mean? So I need that defense 
to start stepping up a little bit. I know they're carrying the team. Let's do put an like, next to it. Like, but my point being is that if their offense is only going to put up 13 points a game, then that defense is supposed to be the strength of the team, needs to be the strength of the team. It needs to be like, lock it down. Like, everyone thought this defense was going to be like when they went to the Final Four. That This defense is not as good no. as that defense is. Um, I won't. To argue that point, yeah. I think that's putting a little too much unfairness on that defense. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. I'm yeah. just saying that if you're supposed to be the highly, highly touted,est like the greatest defense ever, you better be able to shut down Ohio State. But they're not going. But they're, <laughs> no, not, they're going not going to. to. That's what I'm saying. Well, so, I think I, I think know. they can hold Ohio State to like a twenty-ish point game, maybe maybe yeah. low thirties or something. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, you have to look at it and you go, well, then they have to score that much. Right. That's where they're only going to score three points, maybe, maybe ten. <laughs> Because yeah. Ohio State has a better defense. Hey, they scored like twenty eight or thirty one last week, yesterday, whatever. Yeah, but they played Northwestern. Yeah, right. Probably yeah. the worst defense <laughs> in the Big Ten. Um, but I, I think that's a little too unfair. I mean, they only held. Let's see. They played. They held them to zero their first game, like yeah. fourteen to Western. Yeah. Ten. Ten to, to Arizona, Arizona State, State. Yeah. and three to North or three to Northwestern. But they haven't. Yeah, but they haven't played anybody either. Well, though. but that's what I mean though. Yeah. Like what their highest scoring game was fourteen points. Oh, I agree. And yeah. and you still lose yeah. a game somehow. Yeah. Like I if know. Michigan is sitting there at and they hold all their teams to ten points, we're undefeated right now. Yeah. That's obviously not happening. But yeah. I get that State's going to play like Wisconsin soon, and they're going to play Ohio State, and yeah. that's a real test for their defense. Mm-hmm. But I do think the defense can hold them to a mid twenty. Yeah low 30 kind of game yeah. which is like holding you, for them because other teams uh can course score 76 right yeah that now as much fun as we make fun of the defense i do think this is a, a philosophical problem with with what michigan state is trying to do clearly mark d'antonio is okay with winning football games on the strength of their defense yeah. right like he's very clear about that um and his inability basically to put up any sort of points yeah. whatsoever. Um, is that a smart strategy, though? Not taking the record out of it for a second. Um, is that a smart strategy long term? I know he. I don't know how long, much longer he plans on coaching. He's kind of up there in age. But um, as far as a good strategy in this era of football, where everybody is, I mean, you have to be able to put up major points mm-hmm. to be a good football team. Whether it's Bama, whether it's you know Clemson, because even the big games where like Bama gives up thirty five points. They're able to put up 42. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's... I don't know if it's bad. I think it's risky. Yeah. Because I think you're playing with fire at that point. I mm-hmm. think that's honestly kind of what Michigan was going to try to do. was yeah. like, hey, we can hold you to 14-21. Our offense should be good enough to score that many. Right. I think that's kind of what... Like, state's, state's mindset's... Okay, if our defense is going to be amazing, mm-hmm. and we can hold them to 13 or 20 at most or whatever, yeah. maybe our offense can score that much and win. But I, I think at the end of the day, with how the offenses are now... Yeah. That philosophy is almost broken. Now, if you can win games right. like that, right. good for you. If you mm-hmm. can hold a team to 10 points every game, right. congratulations. I just think that if you're going to play the odds, yeah. I'm going to say <clears throat> that nine games this year are going to be over 10 or 17 points that you're right. going to play. Right. Just inevitably playing Ohio State and stuff, right. that they're going to score points on you, right. in which case it's not a good strategy. But it, it's, it's risky because I guess... 
if it you can make it work for you, maybe it, right. maybe it works well. Out. And I, think I don't the, know. I it's, think the difference, right? People looked at this team similar to what they did the year they went to the final four in the defensive side, right? Yeah. But the offensive side is so barren with talent, right? And the scheme is so poor. It's just Lewerke's awful. As much crap as we give Shea Patterson, I'd rather Shea Patterson over Brian Lewerke any day, yeah. twice on Sunday. So. But like he's just not good, right? They don't help. They're not helping their defense. I think is the biggest thing. At least other teams with poor offenses are at least not going three and out every single time. Where it's just like, oh my gosh, it's third and four. Not going to power run, yeah. power run that sucker. Like, come on, like you can't, you can't operate like that long term and expect your defense to hold up. Yeah. If anything I could, else. Well, I would say it's different, and going back to the strategy of, okay, let's hold them to 10 points. Yeah. I think it's a reliable strategy if your offense is going to be on the field for half the game. Right, yeah, you know but I mean? it's like, not. Yeah, it, yeah, like, I'm like, if you expect your defense to be out for 10-plus plays, hold them to three, and then go sit down for yeah. 35 seconds and then go right back out there to hold them again yeah. and do that consistently every week in, week out, every single drive, I think that's unreasonable for them absolutely like you're like oh you guys should only hold them to 10 points yeah but if you're on the field for 55 minutes out of the 60 minute game right that's unreasonable to uh, ask for that right do you you think right now just based off of the state of both programs right both coming off of you know state won last week but they you know were embarrassed in arizona state and now michigan with that big you know spanking they got from wisconsin who wins between them yeah uh, I'm going to say Michigan, yeah. only because I think Michigan can put up about 13 points, and that's all they're going to get. Like, just to be, that's a great like, call. I think, I think Michigan State's defense mm-hmm. is going to hold Michigan, but, I mean, yeah. our defense might not be as good. Right. But I think, like, if, when you compare the phase, I think Michigan State has the best defense, but the worst offense. Mm-hmm. And we have, like, the middle of both. Yeah. So I think that if we could score... Yeah. 17. Yeah, maybe 20 points. Maybe 20 much or something. Yeah. yeah, you're pretty much good there. With a spread offense style or whatever. Yeah, and you only need a couple big plays. Really yeah, Michigan State, you know. I don't think it's going to move the ball. Even though our defense didn't look good against Wisconsin, who's a power run. Yeah. Who does Michigan State have that's going to do anything to us? Like, right, yeah. That's how I feel about it. So exactly. I'm, I'm going to say Michigan wins, mm-hmm. but it's only it's going to be like a... ugly, boring Yeah, game. it's going to be at the one two years ago <laughs> where it was like 13 to 10 and yeah. State barely won. Yeah. It's going to be like that, but flip. Exactly. I think Michigan wins like... 17 to 13 or something. Yeah, something really, really boring. All right, let's let's talk now. Let's go to the squared circle. Let's talk NXT. We talked last week about how we viewed them possibly as a viable third brand. Um, now, they debuted this past week on the USA Network. They did the first hour live on USA. Second hour they did on the network because it was already pre-recorded. Um, obviously, going forward, they will be two hours after, I think, after this week, right? They, this yeah, week's the same sorry, setup. October 2nd, <clears throat> same week as AEW. They're going to go two hours. Right, before. there we go. So, um, there, you know, thoughts on the debut. Let's just talk. I mean, the the second part on the USA, whatever, but or on the network yeah. is whatever. But the the hour that we saw, the presentation, the match quality, uh, all that good stuff. Thoughts on the debut? Did WWE nail this for an opening week, knowing it was only going to go an hour? Yeah. Do you think they put on a a good enough show to be like, yep, got it? Because they were really happy internally. Yeah, they were super I, I happy do internally. think I do think everything they wanted to accomplish, yeah. they did. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried for their long-term success okay. going that way. I saw a lot of stuff I really didn't like. Yeah. But I think that first hour, you had the Fatal 4-Way Women's match that was really good. Yeah. And then you had Era doing their thing. Right. Um, so I think those both of those things mm-hmm. really like 
was like, oh, wow, wait, I'd be interested. If I wasn't a fan and I watched that, mm-hmm. I'd probably be like, wow, wait, that was kind of cool. I, I'd probably be interested. Yeah. But I'm very nervous for their long term because mm-hmm. there were other stuff that I was like, I don't like this at all. Right. Yeah. I thought they put on – I thought they did a nice job of showcasing some of the women that they have, yeah. right, you know, with the with the triple threat or three to four or whatever it was, um, establishing Shayna as a, as a dominant champion, right, mm-hmm. for people who don't know. I thought the match between Velveteen and Roderick was really well done with the interference and everything. You don't hurt Dream, you know, with the amount of interference, but you accomplished what you wanted with the era with all the titles, which is good. Um, Do you think because of this right now you have Adam Cole as NXT champion, Roddy as the North American, and obviously Bobby and Kyle O'Reilly with the tag titles – did is this a smart strategy for you, in your opinion, to build around the undisputed era? And here's why I'm asking this. Normally, because we're all, we're both pretty big undisputed era fans. However, I've seen some people on Twitter since then say I don't get the undisputed era. Like, why do I hate them? Why do I want to see them? Right? They just look like normal guys. Yeah. Now we know that NXT is based strictly on an in-ring product. That yeah. is the majority of what this is. Is a heavy in-ring product that produces great matches on a consistent basis from their top stars. That's what we expect, right? So, in your opinion, why why is NXT, why is Triple H really hitching his wagon to these four guys, to this faction, and giving him all the championships, saying, these are our guys, let's go? Um, well, I think those four guys give you some of the best match quality that you Absolutely. could get. Absolutely. Um, I think outside of like Gargano, Riddle, and a few other guys, and mm-hmm. Dream, obviously, I think those guys can give you consistently matches yeah. of, like that are really good for TV Absolutely. or whatever. No doubt. Um, I do think they're a team that you can use as almost like a New Day kind of sense, mm-hmm. where if you need them, they're obviously probably more heel than anything. Right. But if, like, when Champa comes back, right. and he was going to be, like, super heel how he was before, mm-hmm. Cole can almost turn into, like, a quick baby face mm-hmm. and be, like, the good guy for a little bit yeah. in the segment until mm-hmm. that's over, then go back to being... Like, I think you can flip-flop, so it's, like, whoever you want to match up against With a them. great match. Like, right. oh, yeah, Riddle's the good guy, so you're obviously going to be the bad guy. Right. Champa's the bad guy. Okay, I'm going to be a good guy for a second. Right. And then flip back, and it's, like, not noticeable. Like, mm-hmm. There's do you, think, guys you, can root do you for. think there's a little bit of just that they're cool? I do like, think like so. that they're just cool guys. Yeah. Like you just look at them and you go, they're cool. Like honestly, you can tell. I honestly like they did a great job with theme music oh with how God. they come out. Fantastic. Like everything yeah. about yeah. the era, you just go, I wish I was a part of that. Yes, exactly. And I think out. that is a great. I, think that's I know it's. That. I know it's something so low key. It's not like oh yeah, they have this great presence like Stone Cold did or anything like that. But the package, the presentation, yeah. and I think in in combination with the in-ring product. Yeah. You know, I think they're all very strong on the mic. I yeah. think that um, they make people want to watch. If nothing else, it's, all right, well, I just want to see what happens. Yeah. If nothing else. I do think their mic work really helps out in this because, yes. especially with the limited amount of mic work that happens in NXT, mm-hmm. you get just enough where they just come out and they're just like, mm-hmm. God, this guy sucks. Yeah, and then I know, you're just right? like you're yeah. just like, wow, wait, that's funny. Yeah, right. Like everything yeah. they say is just like, wow, wait, that's kinda of funny. I think Adam like, Cole on the mic is fantastic. Yeah. I think I think all yeah, of them though, yeah. like Kyle O'Reilly mm-hmm. on the mic, I yeah. think he just comes up and goes Bobby Fish. They suck. Yeah, and Bob, it's just yeah. like really funny. Uh, Bobby yeah. Fish hasn't had a ton of time to talk, but Bobby is actually probably extremely strong. I think honestly Roddy is probably the weakest on yeah, the mic. I think so too. Um I think so too. but I think Bobby rivals Cole as far as mic work goes. Yeah. Like when he had a run in Ring of Honor where 
him and Kyle first tag team. That was Bobby's show. Like Bobby was really the one, really the the talking part about that. But I, I agree with you. I just think that that something about them where everyone just kind of goes, yeah, man. Like that was, yeah. you know, you kind of feel it. You kind of get that vibe. Well, you kind of like, get yeah. that because those are the kind of guys you like. Look, like even Austin, you come out and you're like, wow, he's like going against the management. Like mm-hmm. he's like the cool guy mm-hmm. that you'd like want to hang out with and mm-hmm. also like go like he's the right guy for that role. Right. I think all four of them are just like they come out and you just go. I kind of want to be out there with them. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, 100%, I think, in my honest opinion, if I could hang out with anyone in WWE... Oh, yeah, it goes, for sure. It goes probably Era or Rollins. It's yeah. like a 1A, 1B for me. Mm-hmm. Like, no I just doubt. love to, like, take a car ride with yeah. the Era and just, and just like, like, hang talk. out with them and yeah. just talk. And be like, we yeah. had so much fun, I think. Yeah, that would be... Rollins, I think, are, like, my two... Yeah, for there. sure. Yeah, I think that's, I think, and, you know, once again, match quality, I think, above all else, right? You know, yeah. I think... If this would have happened a year sooner, I think you would have seen Champ and Gargano on top of this whole kind of oh, yeah. you know thing. But that's something that would have worried me though, and I'm glad that they finished all the storylines before doing this mm-hmm. because just imagine their third fight. I think it was in Chicago, mm-hmm. and then they go to TV, and no one knows what's going on because the casual TV audience doesn't watch NXT. That would have right. watched this live show. They'd be like, "Who's this guy? And why are they doing this?" I think right. they. At, at a perfect time mm-hmm. where like all the era right. just yeah, won everything yeah now and, it's okay now let's go and you just saw them interfere even if you have no idea who the guys are right. they you're come like, out so these guys like, are bad guys yeah, they're like these guys are the bad guys but they come out and they're like yeah. giggling they're like oh my god we just did and you're like yeah. wait they're kind of like the cool guys yeah right like, they're cool but I kind of don't like them at the same yeah, time because like they just cheated and they've got all the belts which means they gotta be good yeah so okay who what's gonna like, happen like that whole scene of them just like leaving right. like waiting to <clears> leaving Gave us so much of yeah. what NXT is going to be for the next Loki, year. though, like, just as a fan, like, my dream. Like, when he won, I kind of had a feeling he was going to. Oh, but, I but, going but I was to. like, I was like, I was like, yes. Like, this yeah. is, like, perfect, like, put, like, the bow tie on, like, they're running NXT. They've all got titles now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, like, it's so Evolution-esque. I think they are a reincarnation of Evolution. Yeah. Is a, I, or, I, I think Horsemen or even the Hart Foundation are better because Evolution had like an old guy and Rick and everything. I was going to say, you don't have that old yeah, guy. Yeah, but like, have... like from, a, um, from a faction standpoint, right? Like the Horsemen were all in their prime, right? You had Flair as the world champion, right? You had Tully as the mid-card guy or Tully and... Um, Arn as the tag team, and then you had Barry Windham, or you had a Sting, or you had uh, any name a guy, right? And they were there. Luger as your middle card guy, with you know what I mean. So it's very Horseman esque when you look at it and you go, okay, Roddy and Kyle O'Reilly were tag champs for a minute, like like Tully Blanchard and Arn were, but Tully Blanchard was also at one point a United States champion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you kind of can, you know, that you have a couple guys who can kind of reach up and go middle singles as well as be a great tag team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Which, I do think NXT has a lot of problems with the two-hour show format, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's go into it. Yeah. Um, I think that you don't have enough there mm-hmm. to fill two hours. I really don't. Yeah. I, like, I, after yeah. that first hour, I mm-hmm. went, okay, that was like a good first hour. I think they're going to have the same problem that the main roster does have, mm-hmm. in which case, you do that first hour or whatever, mm-hmm. and you do, and I was like, wow, that was a really good first hour. And then you get the second hour, and I went, so you have four matches that went about two minutes mm-hmm. to build people up, but that's about it, and they're not going to go anywhere because you don't really have enough championships to kind of float around. And there. I think that's, and going back to the era for a second, though, I think that's why they have all the championships, though. Low key, because I think you can sprinkle those four guys out, right, Maybe, and and yeah. have them throughout the show, right? Cole's in the main event going against Kushida. You've got you know Roddy doing whatever. You've got Kyle versus somebody in a tag team, yeah. Bobby or in a tag team. So I think they would be pillars in those two hours where you go, okay, 
We've got Kona Reeves versus whoever, right? We're going to try to reestablish Kona. Okay. Then we've got, boom, good tag match, right? And then you've got the women's match. Okay, now we got Roddy versus whoever, right? Maybe. And then, you know what I mean? Something to where you've got these guys that you kind of established as the champions who can put on consistently good matches, which will then hopefully elevate everybody else to put again there, like ACH did a couple weeks ago in NXT, right? I think Cole elevated ACH to a level where he goes, okay, like this can be a future guy, yeah. right? You've got, you know, um, what is his name? You know, Cameron Grimes or whatever like that, who was Trevor Lee on the Indies. You know, yeah. You've got guys now who I think they're just trying to just get up there as yeah. fast as possible. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, which means if you're AEW, though, last, last thing on this topic before we move on, if you're AEW looking at that show, right, looking at what they're trying to attempt to do, are you worried at all or are you even more confident that, oh, we got this? Um, I'm not worried that much at all, yeah. honestly. I think I think their product's gonna just benefit from the one show mm-hmm. once we just starting now too. Yeah. You get built new storylines and everything. Mm-hmm. I think you have enough talent there. Like you have nine great tag teams there yeah. already that you can just sprinkle around and have good matches with. I do think I do hope because look at the first card. It's not it doesn't look super. That's you know it's, I was outgoing. about to say that. I think after the title match stuff after they crown champions, I think AEW is gonna be boring for a little while. I do too because it's like you got to kind of put a foundation down. Yeah. So people are gonna be like, this is just. This is okay. Yeah, you know I mean? I, I not that. until like three, four months down the road, you're like, yeah. oh, okay. you have like, uh, you have yeah. like MJF and somebody. Yeah, whatever, right. And yeah. you have like Cena yep. and Cody. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, those are really like, it's wow, like, that's wow. gonna be a match. Woo! Yeah, I exactly. do think though that you can sprinkle in a lot of, um, okay, so this random, you know, January twenty third episode mm-hmm. of. Uh, Dynamite now, it's yeah, called right. officially. Yeah. Um, you're gonna have the world title match just like randomly yeah. because you're only asking Jericho to come once a month right. to do his stuff or right. twice a month or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can just like, oh, here's a big world title match. Oh, here's a big number one contenders match. Here's a big right. whatever. Right. I think yeah. you once can have... we kind of start be- developing some stories and making me care about who's yeah. going and what, then we'll see it. So I'm, all, a... I'm anticipating people to be like, what happened? Well, I thought it was supposed to be the greatest thing ever, and people are gonna go like turn on it so fast. I think people need to wait yes. a little bit just to kind of see things develop before people start jumping on or off a bandwagon. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, I all right, let's talk Clash Champions and get out of here. Um, thoughts on Clash Champions? Pretty much everything is exactly the way we left it before Clash of Champions, except the tag titles flipped. That's the extent of what happened, really, at Clash Champions. No new champions besides that. U.S. titles stayed the same, Intercontinental, World titles, everything's, everything's hunky-dory. Yes. Um, so thoughts on the show? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Do I even have to ask this question? I, I, I mean, I <laughs> I enjoyed some of it. I like two matches. I actually liked which ones. I like the I like the universal match. Yeah, and I that's liked, becoming the workhorse match. Yeah, for sure. That's well, like good. the best About match on the card. It should be. You're the world champion. You're yeah. supposed to be the best. Well, it's funny because the WWE title match is probably the most boring match. Oh my card. gosh! Yeah, that was terrible. I like the tag match too. I like the the, the 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 raw tag. I like that. Okay. I enjoyed the Ziggler Root thing. I enjoyed the fact that they're trying to elevate Root. I enjoyed the fact that they had the inner conflict with Braun and Seth. Seth taking the fall was yeah. big, right? Because then it's like, well, you blew it. That kind of thing. Um, and I, I enjoyed the fiend kind of you know oh, showing, wait, up, yeah, that showing up at the end. Way. Before we talk about that, because we're gonna talk about that at the end. Okay. Favorite match was it the Universal Title match for you? Yeah, uh, yes. Okay. I do like um, the revival winning the SmackDown tag titles, but then the night after they kind of ruin it by Braun Strowman just killing all four of them. Yeah. So yeah, um, and the, the match came a, in with no heat either. That's my problem with. Um, the tag titles, really, most of the titles, is mm-hmm. like you'll get new champions. And then they get then destroyed the, by somebody who hasn't done anything. Uh, yeah, yeah, the next day they'll just get destroyed, and you're like, well. That makes no sense. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. why did Braun Strowman just beat f- two 
pairs of tag, tag team, team champions. champions. Right. Yeah. I'm like now, like the t- like so any so, old guy yeah. can just win it now. Yeah. So that's kind of my problem with like mm-hmm. at least the tag titles. I For think sure. All the titles a little bit in general. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, worst match. Uh, what's your worst match? I gotta think. Probably the I think the most boring one was. The, WWE title one. Mm-hmm. I think I was kind of out of it to like the very very end when mm-hmm. like it ended so abruptly that I yes. was like, oh, that's wild. Yes. Um. So maybe that. I didn't think. like. I didn't like the revival New Day match. I thought it came in really cold. I didn't yeah. think anything. I, I thought this New Day being tag champions this this run was useless. Didn't need Kinda to happen. Was. Pretty yeah. much. Um. I didn't really enjoy. I didn't understand the whole AJ beating Cedric in seven seconds. That didn't make any I, sense they, either. They're um, burying it pretty hard. Yeah. Right. And I don't. And, and that whatever. Like I don't necessarily care whether or not they bury Cedric Alexander, but don't have him get all these wins just to ha- don't make a match just to have a match. That yeah. that drives me insane when it comes yeah. to that stuff. Like that you can't just have if you want to make that title worth something, which you clearly want it to, if you've got AJ holding it, you can't just have him face anybody. It makes no sense yeah. in that regard. You know um, Bailey and Charlotte went like three minutes and forty five seconds. Yeah, that was fine. And I thought I understand the schmas for the raw women's, which is I'm not yeah. gonna give it because they're gonna go to hell in a cell. That's cool. I'm with that. I'm gonna say the WWE title match just because of the amount of t- TV time and equity WWE put into that. I thought it did not deliver what I thought it would. And I know people are like, I'm really liking Kofi as champion. I'm the complete opposite. I have not enjoyed Kofi's yeah. reign at all. Like, even a little bit. I really haven't. I think that he has been booked like a tag team wrestler who happens to be world champion. Mm-hmm. He's winning these matches. I get it. But his these matches have not been great. They really haven't. And two, I don't think that anybody is like... I don't think anybody cares. Yeah. That's the problem. And I, and I think it's partially due to the challengers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're supposed to make me care. You're the WWE champion. You can only be the underdog for so long. Yeah. You've been champion for six months. You're not the underdog anymore. It's not a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, give it about 12 days. I was thrilled. I was low-key, I was thrilled. I was thrilled. I was thrilled when Lesnar came out. Yeah. Because I was like, finally. Because at least when Brock goes out there, even if it's seven minutes, it's seven minutes of nonstop him going balls to the wall. Even if he holds it for another six months, I don't care. Because at least I know that when Brock does face somebody, they're going to make it a big deal. Yeah. When Kofi faces somebody, it, they're talking about stuff that happened in 2008. I don't care anymore. Or whatever. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Orton was at the top of his game then. He's not now. Yeah. It's just not It's not a thing. What was your worst match? Uh, like I said, I think the most boring one was yeah. the WWE title match. Mm-hmm. I would say worst match may have been the SmackDown tags. Or the SmackDown women's match. Yeah. I guess yeah. all of SmackDown didn't really perform. Yeah, it was like not. I thought they would. Maybe you had on paper it looked okay, but it it, it just comes in comes in cold, right? Yeah. Charlotte. It's I almost feel like okay, Charlotte's gonna be in the women's match again. It's like yeah. I get it, but like what do you what does Charlotte gain by doing that? She yeah. doesn't gain anything either, and they're kind of booked themselves in a corner with her. That's a topic for another day. Um, all right, let's talk about Hell in a Cell here for a second. Thoughts on the Fiend challenging for the Universal Title. At Hell in a Cell. We've talked about this off-air before yeah. quite a bit, but just give me your thoughts now so everybody can hear the wisdom. <laughs> uh, it's it's a hard spot to be in. Absolutely. Especially being in Absolutely. Hell in a Cell. Yes. You're in a tough booking spot mm-hmm. um, because if you win, is it too early? And you can't have him lose. Yep. And in Hell in a Cell, they're almost 95% of the time that has to be a definitive winner. Yep. Unless you're Strowman and Lesnar and yep. you get a schmoss finish. <laughs> Or, or Roman right. who, yeah. list, it was, or whatever yeah. it was. Um, you get a schmoz finish where there's no contest inside Hell in a Cell. That's fine. Yeah, right. um, but besides that one instance, there's always a finish in Hell in a Cell. And either the Fiend's going to win, and I think it's a little too early because he beat Finn Balor, who was, you know, Finn Balor. 
and he didn't beat Demon Finn Balor. He nope. beat regular man Finn Balor. Right. And then if he loses, you literally you kill, kill him, him. Yeah. so quickly because yeah. now he's beatable. Right. So I think you're in a little booking situation unless – and I don't want him to get help to win, but mm-hmm. unless he gets help to win – I, maybe that's yeah, see that's the thing. But that's but once again, I want you're still to putting just kill yeah. The problem with the, with the fiend character, and I think it's one of the more creative things that they've done in a long time. And he has the potential to be the Undertaker. Is what he has the potential to be. Yeah. Like Loki, right? That's what he has the potential to be. Um, but with the with what they're at, they're putting themselves in a corner. You're absolutely right. Where if he wins the title, why does he care about the title? Why does he care about the W? Like, The Undertaker always had a little bit of a human element to him, right? Yeah. Even when he was like, he didn't say much and Paul Bear was there, he always, at the end of the day, there was always a little bit of, I need that. Okay. You know what I mean? So, I guess I have more questions about the Fiend character. Yeah. Is the Fiend character like the demon for Finn Balor, where he just brings him out during matches? Right. Because I think at that point, then, like, the Firefly... The Firefly Funhouse thing. Yeah. Maybe Bray Wyatt wants the title and right. he uses the Fiend to get it. Well, then tell me that then, right? Then That's tell what I mean. me, like, I, I would have rather seen Bray go on a massive losing streak, go for the title, not get it, right? And be like, I have to do something now to get this, right? Yeah. I have to go and find this other side of me to obtain what I want. And if that means I have to take out the worst parts of me and put it out there to achieve my goal, then I'm cool. But that's not what they've done. They've just said, he's this happy, fun-loving guy, but he's got that inner monologue of like, but you you mess with me and we're going to have a problem. You know what yeah. I mean? That's I guess that's the disconnect of yeah. the story I have. Yeah, because I thought, right. Absolutely. I thought the fiend was just like... Just going to be this badass dude. Yeah, right, for sure. Yeah, like, like he's a monster. He's not a person. He's a thing. Yeah. He's an entity, which I'm totally for. But having him win the Universal Championship, I go, but why does he want the Universal Championship? Yeah. You can't tell him, well, he's a wrestler. He's not a wrestler, though. He's a monster. That's the point, is that he's not of, he's not like you or I. He is like, you know, he's a whole different thing. Yeah. So if Bray on the Firefly Funhouse would like have a picture of the Universal Time, be like, man, I really wish I could have that. That's so pretty. That's really cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then he couldn't do it. And he, let's say he and he and Rollins faced off where he was just himself and he got beaten two minutes, right? Then you go, okay, he's not. He can't do it. So then he needs to bring out the Fiend in order to accomplish that goal. That I understand completely, mm-hmm. but that's not where they've gone. You know what I mean? So I think it's confusing. I think they booked themselves into a corner, and I'm extremely excited to see how they mess it up. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see the entrance again. I yeah, I know. I know. It, it is. It is. So it is really, 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 really well done. Um, so it'll be very interesting. All right, that's gonna be it for episode 43 of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Remember, we have a brand new website, I'm Always Right You see all the latest happenings with us on there. Remember, our podcast goes live every Monday at 7 a.m. and our and on Wednesdays the YouTube feed goes live. So make sure you guys are subscribed to our youtube channel please do that it helps us out immensely i can't tell you how much it helps us out when you give us a follow for the merc zone i'm the mouth of michigan and we will see you guys as always next time